Hello, and welcome to Getting It Done, a podcast about music education and life lessons. I'm your host, Tim Rausenberger, and today is Tuesday, January 9th, 2018. This is episode 202, Better Driving Decisions. Over the last three years, I've logged 102,000 miles on my vehicle. And over the course of that time, it has not been strictly highway driving. It has been a lot of driving, literally anywhere and everywhere. It's included my basic local driving, where I'm simply going only 25, 30 miles an hour for long stretches of time. It is my daily commutes, which involves a fair amount of highway. It is rural driving. It has been cross-country trips, and it has been in areas where I feel like I'm at a crawl. With that said, there are a lot of things that I've been able to ponder during that time while I've been driving. And as I would like to believe I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser, there are some really basic things that I want to present to you today. So hopefully you can just make better driving decisions as you're out on the road. So I'd like to start off with number one. And this is one that I started doing probably only about a year ago and I stick to it. At the end of your, your day, and I'm talking about the end of your day as in you're not going anywhere but home. If you are now heading home, the, you're not in any rush to get anywhere. Unless you're in that much of a rush to get home, and if that's the case, there's still no need to be going above the speed limit. So my recommendation is, go the speed limit. There's a reason why these speed limits are in place. They've been established by whoever it is that they have deemed that particular area needs to be this number for how fast vehicles should be traveling on the road. And we're not ones to dispute that. There's this unwritten rule that if the speed limit is 55, you're supposed to go 65. No. If it's 55, you're supposed to go 55. Uh, here's the reasons to consider doing this. First, the biggest thing of all is that anytime you go even one mile an hour over the speed limit, you're running the risk of getting a moving violation. And having gotten plenty of those in my younger years, I don't want to get another one. The, uh, any type of moving violation is so brutal. Everything carries over from state to state now, and it's not—it's just not worth it. They're so costly. I had one moving violation many years ago that, to avoid points on my license and on my insurance, I think I had to pay some lawyer in the end it wanted to cost me about $600 it was terrible 
all because I was driving a little bit over the speed limit. It wasn't even that terrible. The problem was I happened to be in a work zone. So I think the best way to go about this is if you are driving home, those are the first steps that you want to take. You're not in a rush to get anywhere. And quite honestly, the other thing that I wanted to get to was you're only going to be able to shave off at best 10 minutes from your commute. And that's if everything really lines up. More than likely, you're going to maybe save three to five minutes. Is it really worth it? You have to get home that badly. There's really nothing. There There actually is nothing that is worth taking that type of risk. Here's the other thing. When you go slower, you get better gas mileage. I remember when I was in college, I had to do, uh, in my communication class, I had to present a debate on the speed limit being at 55 miles an hour. I can tell you, driving a hybrid now, hybrids do not like 70 miles an hour at all. Because a lot of it has to do with the aerodynamics of the car and just the way that the engine is built. Hybrids love any speeds that are 55 and below. So I try to cash in as often as possible. I get just straight up better gas mileage and it's just better in every way on your car. And I have to believe that that really does translate over to a lot of other vehicles. So that's my first bit of advice. Uh, The second thing is that people need to stop being law enforcement on the road. I don't know what this uh, preoccupation is with with people who feel this need that they are going to be a county sheriff or the town deputy and they are going to decide how other people are going to conduct themselves on the road and you know exactly what I'm talking about the people who uh, get really really angry and they take out their frustrations with a large uh, 2,000, 3,000 pound structure and endanger your life, their life, and the lives of others because of something that someone else did or because of something that you did. So what I would say is that you just need to not do that. I don't understand what the reason is that people do it. You have nothing to gain and everything to lose by exhibiting that type of behavior when you're on the road. So if you're somebody who needs the police all the time, just stop doing it. Nobody's going to win in that particular situation. Third bit of advice, maintain your car and do preventive maintenance on your car, just in general. Now, this doesn't have to do as much with the driving, but the the preventive maintenance on your vehicle is so important. If you know you're going on a long trip, double check to make sure you have windshield washer fluid. I always see these people who wind up having to pull over at whatever gas station or some place where they're going to be paying two or three times the amount that they normally would for the windshield washer fluid 
and having to fill fill everything up because it, now it's snowing and icy outside, that's not the time you want to be doing all that. So just think about doing prevent more preventative maintenance on your vehicle and plan ahead. And speaking of planning ahead, the fourth thing, fog. And I'm grouping fog completely and totally separately. If you need to drive in fog, you've got to go slow. You can't use your high beams. We all know that when you use your high beams in fog, it makes things just that much worse. You're not going to be able to see any better. You need to anticipate at all times when you're on the road that some clown is going to do something stupid on the road or a an animal and a large one at that could jump out in front of your vehicle and cause major amounts of damage. I'll give you an example of how I handle fog now with just one particular trip that I make which eh, it's about a hundred miles or so from my house and I do it every so often. When, I, when I'm going there or coming back, I, there are three different roads I could take. Two of the three involve back roads. They save on gas mileage, they are less miles, and they have no tolls. So obviously I prefer driving those because, and they're, all, they're just flat out quicker too. Now, the toll road is great because you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to be stopping every two seconds for traffic lights. There are a bunch of, uh, uh, there's some uh, speed traps in, uh, in, in various portions of, uh, of, the, uh, of the trip for the, the other two uh, uh, routes. But when I'm coming home or going there, and it's the slightest bit foggy outside or there's major weather issues, I'm always taking the toll road. People do anything to try to avoid tolls. Well, you don't avoid the tolls when you're going to be putting yourself at major, major risk. For what? To save yourself $4 on gas and $5 on tolls? Sure, when the weather is fine, that's all well and good, but not when you're potentially going to hit a large animal and cause a minimum $1,000 worth of damage on uh, to any part of your car. People don't think that's the, the, the biggest thing when it comes to when it comes to things like fog. And then when we associate other forms of weather, we throw in now in now snow and ice. As far as ice is concerned, I learned my lesson at age 18 when I was able to drive late at night. There was not a curfew at the time, and I foolishly went out at about 10 o'clock at night with my friends to a diner. Why? Because that was a thing to do when I, I was a senior in high school. And I remember leaving the diner at about 1 o'clock in the morning, and I got on the road, and this was actually in Paramus, New Jersey, and if you know Paramus well at all, you know that it has a lot of very, very congested highways, and it's the mall capital of New Jersey. There are three major malls in Paramus. Great place to go if you enjoy shopping, but not a great place to be in terms of the volume, the amount of traffic volume uh, on the road. One o'clock in the morning, I am coming from a diner and I have to pass through Paramus and I hit this gigantic intersection and I have no idea how there were no vehicles coming from the other direction. I hit a traffic light and it wasn't 
yellow turning to red, it was red. And I was hitting the intersection at about 15 miles an hour and I hit my brakes and I went right through the entire intersection. The entire inter intersection, I had zero control over my car. Which brings me to my next point, which is ice. Stop using your brakes when you're on ice. It's It, it will just increase the chances that you are going to lose control of your car altogether. What you need to do is if you clearly have lost some control of your car or you're on ice, you need to get your foot off of both pedals altogether and just try to get the feel of the car and maneuver as best as possible. Honestly, as crazy as it sounds, it might not be a bad idea that when it is icy outside, go to an area where you know there are going to be no vehicles at all, nothing, and just take your car out and practice. Don't go fast. Just practice and get a feel for the road with that particular vehicle. Every vehicle is different. And I can tell you that 74 Ford Mustang, uh, when my first car, it had zero traction with some of the worst tires in the world uh, when uh, I had that incident where I went through uh, the red light and, and terrifying uh, on top of it. Uh, going along with the weather conditions, I, I've lost track of what number I'm on right now, but in terms of the weather conditions, I do not understand why people make such bad decisions with their four-wheel drive vehicles and specifically SUVs and things larger. Uh, people that have four-wheel drive, I'm seeing people that are in, in BMWs and, and, uh, Audis and Mercedes-Benz. Uh, I've seen all these different four-wheel four drive vehicles and, of course, ones that are SUV types where people drive them acting as if they're driving a tank. You're not. Four-wheel drive doesn't mean that you all of a sudden can resume your driving like you normally would when the conditions are dry. It's nothing short of foolish. And you need to make sure that you take every precaution when you're in those types of situations. Uh, in terms of other driving decisions, when you're going to be purchasing a vehicle, make sure that you get high quality tires. Don't skimp on your tires. Do not buy things that are a little bit cheaper because you don't have enough money. You must get the best possible tires for your vehicle. Doesn't mean that you need to overpay, means you need to get the best tires. Because your your life depends on the tires you put on your vehicle. And I've been in some crazy situations with where I've gotten where I've hit things on the road and the tires that I had on my vehicle absolutely positively saved me. I can tell you, just as an example, I drive a Prius, and when I got my Prius, I got the Prius V for two reasons. One, because I needed something that was going to be bigger, that was going to be a wagon, but more importantly, the wheelbase of the vehicle that I chose was the largest wheelbase available on Priuses. Why did I choose that particular wheelbase? Because... Uh, 
the, the car is not a four-wheel drive vehicle. It's one of many hybrids out there that does not have four-wheel drive. It only has front-wheel drive. My rationale, which has worked for me like a charm uh, over the years, is I have been able to get out of some very difficult snow situations because of the size of my tires. While I've watched other people with cars very comparable to mine struggle mightily. And my, my car has some uh, bigger tires that are a little more expensive and it's worth it. Speaking of which, buy insurance for your tires. I have already, since I've had this vehicle with all of the driving that I've done, I have blown out four tires in different situations. Two flat tires for things unbeknownst to me and then one awful situation where I got cut off by someone, wound up uh, hitting the shoulder and blew out two tires immediately. The insurance, when you get insurance on the tires, you're covered. They will replace the tire at a very, very minimal cost and you now get a brand new tire on your car. In my case, I wound up getting two brand new tires, which I was able to, to then rotate them and have the two brand new tires in the front of the car. It was great. So as horrible as that situation may have seemed, I was able to rationally think that through immediately and say, wow, uh, I'm able to turn this into uh, some new tires right off the bat. So uh, definitely getting some insurance on those tires uh, is extremely important. In terms of better driving decisions, you need to plan what you're going to be doing in your car accordingly. And what I'm talking about is if you are going to be eating when you're driving, which you shouldn't be doing anyway, but if you're going to be eating, have everything just out and ready to go. You should not be in a situation where you're having to reach across the passenger seat and be pulling things out while you're driving. It's I, I know that a lot of people out there eat when they drive and they're not supposed to. And if you're going to do that, you've got to have everything out, just ready to go and easily accessible. So you're not putting yourself and others at risk. And that goes with everything else. I've, I've seen people, known people who regularly are fighting with their Bluetooth while they're driving. It's so unsafe. It's so unsafe on every single level to be fighting with your electronics when you drive. I used, I, I guilty as charged. I had my moments where I would do that. I don't do it anymore. Now I, pu I pull over off to the side, spend the, the 20 to 30 seconds to get everything in order and then get back out on the road but I'm not doing it while I'm actually driving. Distracted, you know, it's, this is not about texting and driving. This is distracted driving. People get distracted too easily, which now leads me to my next thing. Don't engage in a, a conversation which is going to lead to being emotional because there are too many people out there that when you have that emotional conversation with someone else on the phone i don't care what type of bluetooth you have it is it can easily distract you it can get your mind completely off things give you an idea of how powerful the brain is and how it can be so easily manipulated I had an experience, it was like the almost an outer body experience, 25 years ago. I was in college, I drove home, I put on uh, some Bach, 
Johann Sebastian Bach. And my brain was so into what was going on with that particular music from the moment I left my dorm until I pulled into uh, the driveway of my home in New Jersey. I had come from Pennsylvania. It, during the two plus mile, uh, a two plus hour drive, I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything. That's frightening to me. It was terrifying. It all it certainly showed me the power of music, but it also showed me how easily the brain can be manipulated and and be just go to another area. And when you are dealing with the emotional part of your being and having that type of conversation with someone, you need you need to get off the phone. You've got to get off the phone and just uh, do something else. <laughs> Talk to yourself. Listen to the radio. Uh, listen to some type of music. But th- that type of conversation just can't be happening uh, when you're on the road. And I think the last thing that I'm going to leave you with is you must be. Um, I think the word is aggressively defensive at all times. At Every moment you're on the road, you have to anticipate that there's going to be a bonehead out there who's not paying attention, is not a good driver, is an inexperienced driver, or a a, a horrible situation happens. The person falls asleep at the wheel. The person has a medical issue. You never know. So you always need to drive and you need to prepare every single time that you're on the road that someone is going to do something that is just out of the ordinary, out of the blue. I don't want to use the word stupid because I don't because somebody having a heart attack is not something stupid. It's just it's a terrible situation. But I've encountered this when I've driven before and watched just some terrible things happen um, on the road and I've been able to get past those situations and sometimes by the skin of my teeth because I am so locked into what I'm doing when I drive. Uh, so I hope that these the, these are just, uh, I know that some of it may be rambling and I apologize for that, but I, I really think that all of these different things that I've observed are ones that you're not really going to hear uh, or learn during your driver's education classes. I don't know how much they get into that anymore. I can tell you that we really didn't uh, talk about this a heck of a lot. Um, You know, we were more concerned with being X amount of feet away from a stop sign when we're parking. but we didn't seem to worry as much about these things. And they certainly don't worry about this, this as much when it comes to uh, driving schools and uh, ultimately taking the driving test. And it's not a knock against driving schools, but the driving schools are trying to make sure that your hands are at, at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock and that you're not braking too hard and you're, you're managing your turns well. Um, they're also, they also don't want to distract you while you're driving. So they're not necessarily as prone to get into as much of this information. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. Uh, as always, if you can share the episode with others, I'd sincerely appreciate it. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, those are the places to find me uh, and find the podcast. 
you can uh, find my website at any time, brasstenor.com, and leave any information uh, of, of podcasts that you'd enjoy hearing. And I appreciate, as always, that you, you've tuned in, and, and I appreciate your support greatly. I look forward to uh, seeing you on the other side with our next episode, and uh, be safe out there on the road.